Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Istanbul, Turkey, with my new friend Pinar Tarhan, the author of A Change Would Do You Good. Pinar was born in Istanbul, and she loves how easy it is to cross continents between Europe and Asia to experience both sides of the city. In this episode, Pinar and I talk about visiting Domobachi Palace, swimming at Princess Islands, and exploring the historic Hagia Sophia, which was completed in 537 AD. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Turkey, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Pinar's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Istanbul. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Pinar, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So today we're talking about Istanbul, Turkey, and it's a city that I've heard so much about. We've actually done another interview on the city, and so it's actually excellent to have somebody who lives there and has so many great information and knowledge about the city to share us all of the, like, your great tips. Yeah, it's all insider info here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What's your connection to Istanbul? I was born here, and I have lived here practically all my life, apart from a couple of stints abroad where I stayed for a couple of months or when I did my Erasmus year in college. Yeah, I've been here most of my life. I Obviously, I know like probably family is a big draw and everything like that, but like when people like us who write about travel all the time and, and travel to all these amazing places, what's the thing that, that keeps you in Istanbul versus like traveling to some of the other cities that you, that you know about? Istanbul, in this aspect, is... I believe kind of like New York, you know, how New Yorkers don't want to live anywhere else. And it's kind of the case for people who live in Istanbul. They might have a love and hate relationship with it, but the options are endless. You know, the variety and the weather is relatively nice and the city never sleeps. So it's a huge draw. Okay. Okay. So it's always interesting when I, when I talk to people about cities around the world, because I don't think that, that a lot of people have that, that interpretation, right? That, that it is a, a big city with like hustle and bustle and like operating 24 seven and everything else, else like that. So it is a very modern city. Like we were talking beforehand, like there's like the skyscrapers and everything like that. So it is something that is like very, very modern and very like kind of Westernized in that respect, right? It is. It's, a very odd combo, you know, it's always a mixture, you know, Eastern versus Western, you know, old versus new. So if you like that kind of combination, you're going to love it here. Oh, sure, sure. And actually kind of along those lines, Istanbul is like actually where like kind of like the Asia and Europe meet, right? Yeah, we have land on both continents. And if you live in Istanbul, you generally have friends who either live on one side or work on one side. So it's just a part of life to be changing continents. And you can't just say that other countries, really. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's actually a place in the U.S. called the Four Corners. It's like where New Mexico and Arizona and Utah and I think Colorado, where they all meet in like in one neat little corner. And you can literally stand in like all four states at the same time. So I think it's really cool that like you can actually cross the continents like that. 
Yeah. And if there is no traffic, which sometimes happens, believe it or not, it's like uh, 10 minutes over the bridge and you are saying goodbye to Asia or Europe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned earlier that there's really good weather in Istanbul. Like what's the weather like throughout the year? And, and are there certain like festivals or annual events that happen throughout the year that maybe somebody wants to plan the trip around that? Okay, nothing really that traditional, but we do decorate a lot. So if you're coming from the States and you are used to having all these Halloween decorations, you will see this here in the shops. Or if you are coming for Christmas, again, you will see tons of decorations and lightings and stuff like that. But uh, we are more about a variety of events. So you will have all sorts of concerts and festivals all throughout the year. So you just have to check, you know, you will have something, but you have to check. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And and then as far as like the weather, is it the four seasons or is it kind of like in California where we have like one and a half seasons? <laughs> okay. Istanbul has four seasons, but it's like in one day, like the crowded house song. And <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to uh, pack carefully. You know, you have to pack your layers because generally we have warm weather from May to uh, mid-October and in the middle there, it gets very hot. But in the winter, you never know. One day you will wake up in December and it will be 18 degrees. But two days later, it will be like minus two. And I am talking about Santigrad here. Sorry about that. But I will say, uh, okay, in the summer, it's very usual to feel like it is 100 Fahrenheit. So it's very hot. And even if it's not because of the humidity, it will feel that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I moved to Nashville, humidity I've I've learned to respect and <laughs> and and hate humidity all at the same time. Say if I want to plan my trip and I want to come out there to to visit Istanbul, how do we get there? I I know that like I've seen the the old commercials with Kobe Bryant like a uh, on uh, Turkish Airways and everything, and I know from like the travel hacking side like you know Turkish Airline their their program is is pretty advantageous. But do we take Turkish Airlines uh, from the U.S. You can take uh, Turkish Airlines. A couple of years ago, I wanted to go to Philadelphia and I took a direct flight. Okay, perfect. And then from what I understand, there's actually two airports that you can fly into, right? There are. I don't know if there are any direct flights uh, from the States to uh, Sabiha Gökçen, uh, which is the smaller airport. But if you can manage to fly to Sabiha Gökçen, it's actually better because uh, the airport is much more compact and Istanbul airport is too large and you might get lost you might miss flights <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a lot like a heathrow right like you got to go from one terminal to the other and even though you got a three-hour layover you may not make it exactly so Sabiha Gökçen, if uh, you can manage it i recommend that one but if you want to take a direct flight it's probably going to be to istanbul airport Okay, so maybe you know we're able to take like a, a stopover in like Europe or something like that on the way there, and and be able to to visit the the Asian side. And so once we get to the airport and you know are, are headed to the town and everything, do we take public transportation? Do we rent a car? Like how do we get from the airport to the city? And then how do we get around when we're going to see all the different attractions? Okay, airports have plenty of taxis, so you can take a taxi. Uh, you can take uh, buses and uh, you can take the subway. Uh, the subway is really good. And Sabiha Gökçen is actually directly connected to uh, subway stops. The taxi thing is less tiring, especially if you have a lot of luggage to deal with. But public transportation is much better in terms of ease. You know, we don't have to deal with cab drivers who can be very crabby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, crazy and yet okay and the subway system as complicated as it is it you know it doesn't hold a candle to new york so i'm thinking you will survive (laughs) 
Okay, sure, sure. Before we start recording, we were talking about like visas and stuff like that. And like we were talking about, you know, that sometimes it's it's trouble for somebody in Turkey, you know, coming to Europe or the US. But what about in the reverse? Do we need to have a visa? Do we need to have like the yellow card with like different vaccinations and stuff like that? Like what's the process to come to Turkey? I think you can get a visa online, but they keep changing uh, these procedures. So it's always better to check uh, with the government websites. But I think Americans travel here fairly easily. Just you get a visa online. Perfect. And then, you know, obviously you speak probably better English than I do. Uh, <laughs> and I know we were talking beforehand that like, you know, you're very fluent and actually that's like sometimes your your first language. But for the rest of us, when we come out there and we're not going to be able to hang out with you the entire time while we're there in, in Istanbul, when we're talking with everybody else and getting in taxis and going to restaurants and stuff like that, do a lot of people speak English or... Uh, is it something that we need to learn you know, some of the local language? Uh, with English, it's basically the role of the luck. You know, you never know. But it helps if you can learn to pronounce where you're going to go. So that if you just tell the cab driver or uh, the bus driver, this is where I want to go. And you don't even have to speak English. They'll just drop you. And they will say the name of the stop loudly so that you will know and you will get off. <laughs> okay. Do you have like a, a couple phrases that would be good for us to learn? Okay, so it would be good to learn in a jack wash if you're on a minibus or dolmuş, which I will talk about shortly. In a jack wash means, okay, someone is getting off. Oh, okay, okay. Or burada in a jack wash, someone is getting off here. So that's a good one. And minibuses are like very small buses and dolmuşes are like large cabs. So these guys are different from other public transportation systems because they're not exactly official, but they are legal. So they operate in cash. But the good thing about these guys is that uh, the stops aren't official. So as long as you are choosing somewhere on their route, you can tell them to stop anywhere. And it doesn't matter they had someone get off like two seconds ago. They will stop. <laughs> so it's kind of like a kind of like an Uber or a Lyft, but it's like a, like a group Uber, essentially. Like It's like best of both worlds, a combination between a cab and a bus. So I would definitely recommend using these because sometimes uh, the bus will be too crowded or maybe you will not have your Istanbul card with you, which is the uh, card you use for transportation. So these guys operate in cash and they will leave you wherever you want. So it's good to know. And uh, minibuses are blue usually and dolmuşes are usually yellow. Okay. All right. Now, as far as like, you know, obviously we want to be able to, to have a nice place to stay while we're there. What are the best hotels in, in Istanbul that we should look at? The big chain ones are usually really good. You know, it can be Swiss Hotel, Shangla, uh, Double Tree, Hilton, Marriott. These are all really good. But I would definitely recommend picking a place based on location and view because, you know, you don't come to Istanbul all the time, right? So you're going to have a couple of days. You might as well have a good view. So I would choose based on the view. So, for example, if you're staying on the Asian side, uh, Double Tree Hilton in Kadıköy, Moda, very good. It has a great view, a rooftop bar, and a rooftop pool, for example. And if you are coming in the summer, I would definitely pick a hotel with a pool, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that's one thing I always tell my kids. Like I said, look, always pack a bathing suit, no matter where you're going. Even if you don't think that there's going to be a pool, always bring it because you never know what's going to happen. And like I said, four seasons in one day, even different seasons along different streets. So I would blame it on climate change, but Istanbul has kind of always been like this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I heard about this like really cool uh, Swiss hotel 
that I guess one of your friends or somebody goes there and, and spends a lot of time there? Yeah, it's definitely one of the good ones. It's his uh, preferred hotel for his anniversary celebrations with his wife. Nice, nice. And what's the name of that one? Swiss Hotel Besiktas, I think. All right. Now, obviously, Istanbul, you know, we talked about, it has like that, that great mix of, of historic as well as like new and everything. But when people are coming there, like what are some of the best things to do when we're visiting Istanbul? Uh, so I know that uh, most people will have heard of Sultan Ahmed and uh, they will heard of, you know, the Grand Bazaar, the Basilica Cistern and the Topkapı Palace and the Dolmabahçe Palace, right? Pretty much everyone knows about these sites. So definitely see these. But at the same time, I think a lot of people uh, miss the opportunity to actually cross the continents. Uh, so you can take a ferry from either side. And I just experienced the sea and the seagulls and you're just on the water the whole time. That's a great experience. And I would also recommend uh, that, especially if you are coming during good weather, that you see Prince's Islands. So these are a group of islands and uh, you can hop and on and off. It's like a bus, but with the ferry and spend as much time as you want on any of the islands. There are lots of museums, you know, nature parks, and historical buildings on these islands. But I would recommend riding a bike, actually. Make a day of it when you go to an island. And you can also swim. So it's a really Istanbul experience to make it complete. No, absolutely. Now, like a, a lot of times I travel with my kids. They're, they're 8 and 12 right now. Are there any like family-friendly activities or something that maybe I'm taking them out of school and I don't want to get on the nasty gram from the teachers? And so like, I can have something like really good and educational for them? Uh, you can, for example, in Göztepe, which is a really famous suburban neighborhood on the Asian side. Uh, we have beautiful parks, but we also have a toy museum uh, that is really famous. So you can go there. But most shopping malls, and we have great shopping malls, you know, they are big. They have a lot of stores and uh, shopping is going to be really reasonable for you because the dollar has really great value. And most shopping malls actually have either a floor or two floors dedicated to kids. It can be playgrounds, zip lines, can be playing uh, different sorts of professions. It's almost like an amusement park inside a mall. It is. And a lot of shopping malls have these arcades and playgrounds for kids. So I would say go to a shopping mall and you will get to experience shopping, which you definitely must do in Istanbul. And the kids will have fun. But we also have this big theme park. Okay, it's not in the same league as like Six Flags or something, but it's called VLN. It's very good. And it comes attached to a mall, a big outdoors mall. So it also has some Istanbul-themed rides. So it could be a good family experience as well. Oh, that sounds awesome. Now, what if I'm, if I'm able to like leave the kids with grandma and it's just uh, my wife and me going a little romantic to trip and, and things like that? And like, what are some of like, the more adultish or something that adults can appreciate a lot more uh, when they're, you know, sightseeing and, and doing all the, the touristy things, but also just like some something that, that we can do and we can appreciate a lot more than like what our kids would want to tolerate, you know? Okay, so uh, I was thinking, do I have a favorite bar? I don't have a favorite bar because uh, we are so rich with bars. Uh, we have entire streets uh, dedicated to bars, uh, so much so that Turkish locals will not know the name of the actual street, but they will refer to it lovingly as the street of bars. <laughs> and <laughs> one neighborhood usually will have more than one street of bars because, you know, Istanbul is huge and so are the neighborhoods. So if you're on the Asian side, you should definitely go to Kadıköy. And Kadıköy has several streets of bars and one 
street ends and you will have more bars and you can have your pick. You can pick according to the atmosphere, like the seating, uh, you have outdoors and indoors and uh, you will have taverns, you have restaurants and cafes and tattoo parlors, but then you have the romantic spot right next to it. Okay. So you will have a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just say like mixing the alcohol and the tattoos, like probably, <laughs> probably a bad idea. Cause like you're going to wake up in the morning with a hangover and you're like a sore arm, as you know, parent, like that. Uh, you know, as parents, I trust you that, you know, you will probably not get the tattoos. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, while if you do go to a tavern or a restaurant, you might want to taste, I don't know how you are with different kinds of alcohol, but uh, Turkish rakı is really famous. It's like the Greek uzo. It's the whitish liquid. It's not for everyone, but it should be tasted because it's very Turkish. Sure. Uh, worst case, you just have a chaser. And then, you know, if you don't like the taste, then you wash it away. Right. And yeah, worst case, you can also have like a Turkish coffee afterwards. And Turkish coffee is also something you definitely must have while you're in anywhere of Turkey. And it's actually good for the stomach. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. My wife is like a huge coffee drinker. And so that'll probably be like one of her number one things she wants to do when we come out there. Where would we go for a, a good Turkish coffee? Actually, like anywhere. I think it's probably illegal here if you have a cafe or a restaurant and you don't serve Turkish coffee. Uh, they would not like probably give you a license of any kind. Uh, there are some very specific uh, Turkish coffee spots, but I think you will be safe in any cafe. I think the basic thing to know is that Turkish coffee comes with three kinds. Basically plain, no sugar, uh, medium level of sweetness, and very sweet. So I would go for plain if you like espresso especially. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah, the uh, the high sugar one, that's probably like the, the Starbucks Frappuccino type of stuff, right? As far as like level of sugar and everything. And we have a lot of Starbucks and all sorts of coffee chains, Turkish, American, English. We love coffee here. <laughs> oh, nice. Now, so, uh, speaking of like, you know, experiences and everything like that, obviously, you know, enjoying the local cuisine is like high on the list of things to do when you're visiting a new country. So what are some of like the, the great places we should like, we should try for, for food as well as like, Maybe like breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner. Okay, so there are many, many places. But for example, in Kadıköy, if you're on the Asian side, and Kadıköy is like the center of Asian side in many ways, and there isn't a kind of store or an experience you will probably not be able to find there. There is this uh, restaurant called Chia, and it offers all sorts of Turkish cuisine, from the kebabs to different kinds of rice. It's very reasonably priced, so you can sample a lot of different things, and uh, they are very good. No, that's awesome. It, it's good to be able to, like, I think that's like one of the things my wife loves to do. Like when we find like food markets and stuff like that, then she can sample a bunch of different things. Whereas like me, I'm like, I know what I want. I'm going to eat that one thing. I'm going to eat a lot of it. <laughs> my personal favorite is, again, on the Asian side. It's a restaurant called Kalkedon. It's reasonably priced, and usually in Istanbul, if you have a great view, Usually the you know prices go way, way up. But this restaurant is run by the local government, so the prices always stay at a certain level. They have a large drinks menu, so you can have a cocktail, you can have a drink, whatever you want, and you are by the sea. And the view is perfect, regardless of the time of the year. That sounds amazing. There's, a, there's another restaurant that's, that's called uh, Romantica. That one seems really nice as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the same area. So if Kalkadon is full for some reason, because people can actually organize weddings there because it's so pretty, uh, Romantica as well. And the street that Kalkadon is in is actually filled with restaurants. 
So you're not going to go hungry in that street. Okay, perfect, perfect. Now, I saw something that there's a place, uh, I'm all about breakfast foods and everything, like waffles and pancakes and French toast and everything like that. I saw a place called um, Kemausta Waffles. Yes, I was going to suggest that. Also, there is a branch in Moda. It's very good, especially the waffles and ice cream. Nice, nice. And that's like primarily just the breakfast place? Actually, no. It's open all day. So you can just have your waffle anytime you want. Nice. Yeah, I don't like anybody telling me when I can and cannot have a waffle. Yeah, we so. are like that in Istanbul, right? <laughs> we we need we need things open the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We're adults. If we want a waffle at eight o'clock at night, we can have it, right? We earned it. If we don't have as much as as much energy as we used to, at least give us the waffles at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Are there any other like recommendations that you have for a good food, good meal, or uh, maybe if there's like a, a good place for like a sweet treat, like an ice cream or candy or something like that? Okay. Well, Kamalusa is going to definitely fill you up with the sweetness. But the thing is, most coffee shops actually have really good desserts. And if you walk through Istiklal Street in Taksim, you will see uh, places like Beolu Chocolatier, which is really famous for its chocolate. And you will have gigantic Turkish delight stores. And you will find, uh, you know, Turkish delights of every kind, which you should, of course, sample. I, I've heard the name Turkish delight, and honestly, I've I've never seen it before. Like, wh- wh- can you describe what that is? Okay, it's basically a piece of square sweet candy, but it can be made of a lot of things. Could be rose water, it could be chocolates, it could it could be anything, caramel, whatever. But even if you go to a Starbucks here in Turkey, when you order Turkish coffee, they will give you a piece or two pieces of Turkish delight. So you will not have the American, you know, Starbucks experience. You will also have the Turkish Starbucks experience. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Turkish delight, just go and sample. I think the big stores, especially on Istiklal Street, they will let you sample stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's always good to be able to, especially when you're traveling and you're not quite sure, you don't want to make, you don't want to buy like the big old thing. It's good to be able to have a little bit of sample to know whether or not that's the one you really want to bring home. Also, you might want to try baklava. Okay. Yeah. And Modo, Modo can make nice baklava. We have a place called Vilolu. They also make all sorts of baklava. You know, it can be chocolatey, it can be pistachio filled. It's insane. Like, I think you should be ready to put on a few pounds here. <laughs> okay. So I got to bring my stretchy pants. Yeah. And <laughs> and then also my walking shoes, because I'm going to try to walk off some of those calories as well. And you are going to walk like Sultan Ahmed and Istiklal Street is really, really long, right? And from Kadikoy to Moda, so you will burn the calories, no problem. Oh, that's good. See, then the calories are free, right? Yeah, so right? It's, all, it's all good. <laughs> and it doesn't count. Yeah, On exactly. It doesn't count. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Pinar, uh, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Istanbul. I've learned so much and it, it sounds like such an amazing place and I can't wait to come visit. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Istanbul, where should they go and what should they eat? Okay, I'm going to suggest Kalkedon. Uh, that's the restaurant in Fenerbahce. And I really like their chicken ribs. It's called Köyüsülü, which means village style. The sauce is really delicious. Plus, the restaurant also has gluten-free options and comes with the best view. Oh, fantastic. Like you said, you were, you were born in Istanbul. You've lived there most of your life, you, except for when you've uh, gone out on, on a little bit of adventures. Obviously, you've created some uh, amazing memories over the years. Like, What's one of the most memorable? So one time when uh, I was in college, a bunch of friends from high school. So this is early 20s, right? Uh, we woke up early in the morning. We met up at Princess Islands. Some of us uh, met at the ferry station. 
Uh, we rented bikes, uh, we swam, and we didn't even have swimsuits. We just bought some from the stores there. And we swam, you know, we rode, we ate, and then we met up at a friend's house for a pyjama party. Can you imagine how much energy we had? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. And we shot videos and we sat up all night playing games and drinking. And yeah, it was one of the best days ever. And Istanbul should be enjoyed like that. You know, you have something to do from morning till really early the next morning. <laughs> oh, that sounds like such a fun time. You know, especially, you know, your friends, you kind of grow apart over the years, you know, get families and jobs and everything like that. And being able to get everybody together and just create those memories like that. That's so amazing. Yeah. I will never forget. I still remember some of the jokes really. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, speaking of good times and happy memories, where's the happiest happy hour in in Istanbul? Okay. If you're in Kadıköy, definitely try Kadife Street. It's the street of bars and uh, you can just find a place that is right up your alley, whether it's the food you're looking for or the music style you're going for. But there is also this uh, really nice uh, wine place called Victor Levy, again in Kadıköy, and very close to the street of bars. So it could be the romantic night you're looking for. Oh, fantastic. That sounds amazing. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Uh, Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Istanbul? Okay, so it's been a while since I have been able to eat pizza because I have had to, you know, go gluten-free because of health issues. But uh, we have all these nice chain restaurants like semi-casual, semi-luxury. One is called Midpoint and one is uh, Happy Moons. They have this great Tex-Mex menus, right? They have uh, great burgers. They have great pizzas. And I think you're going to enjoy their selection. Oh, fantastic. Well, the, the good thing is I always love it when people give me two options because I'm just going to try them both, you know? So yeah, I got- right? <laughs> I love options. This is why I love Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. Now, uh, like we talked about earlier, you're a travel writer. You've been a freelancer for like far longer than I have and everything. And you've obviously traveled around the world quite a bit. And so through that time, you've amassed a lot of travel tips. What's one of your best? For Istanbul, I would say cash is your friend. And uh, because, you know, we haven't gone full credit cards here in restaurants, you're fine. But, you know, if you want to take those public transportation that I told you about, or if you want to tip, just having a little cash on you will really help. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, I forgot to ask this earlier. Do you need to exchange into the local currency or will they accept American dollars? Well, they might accept it, but it will be a lot easier if you just exchange them. And we have so many currency exchange places. You will have no problem. Okay, perfect. Well, right on. Well, again, Punar, I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling us all these amazing tips for Istanbul. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm a freelance writer and a rom-com novelist. Uh, In my freelance writing, I write about the fun stuff, entertainment, travel, lifestyle. But I also write about freelancing, writing, publishing. And with fiction, I generally write uh, romantic comedies, uh, short escapist and fun stories with a quirky large cast of characters. And I often say that even men can enjoy my books (laughs) because, you know, (laughs) men tend to run away when they hear the word romance. But really, my stories are more like movies and, uh, you know, happily ever after is guaranteed, but it's a fun world to escape to. Nice. And there's no pictures of Fabio on the cover or anything like that, right? Nope. Nope. I'm totally against half-naked men on the covers. Totally <laughs> 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 <a> different genre. <laughs> right. Well, actually, like you just came out with like a with a new book, right? And so what's the what's the name of the newest title? So it's called A Change Would Do You Better. And it's the second book in the A Change Would Do You Good series. And it's going to be a trilogy. So it's the same characters, but their uh, adventures just go on. 
Well, we'll definitely include links to that in the show notes. If somebody has questions about your books, about Istanbul, or about your, your freelance writing, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, Pinar Tarhan Writes. They're just underscores under Pinar and Tarhan. Or uh, they can find me at my website, writing.pinartarhan.com. Well, fantastic. Pinar, it's been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better. And I'm glad our friend Jen from Jet on a Jet Plane introduced us. And, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, I can't wait. What an awesome conversation with Pinar. I love how the city has so much history and culture that spans across two continents. You can find all the links we talked about and our one-page guide of Pinar's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Istanbul. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being our today's affiliate partner. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs so that way you can stay free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code Lee to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as I talk with my kids about spring break ideas for families. In this episode, we talk about different types of spring break trips, from adventures at the beach to skiing down the slopes and everything in between. We also discuss ways to save money on spring break vacations and how to get the family involved in planning the vacation. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs>